For joining me again on I'll Have a Film Please Bob. This week I'm talking to Hayley about Disney's new film Frozen 2. There aren't any swear words in this episode and I give you a warning before there are spoilers and then if you skip forward two or three minutes then the rest of the episode should be spoiler free. I've done my best to take out any spoilers from the rest of the episode. Um, if I failed, let me know, but hopefully you can have a spoiler-free listen. We had quite a lot to talk about this episode, so I didn't actually have enough time to do a Bobcorn section. All the films I've been watching, I'll review in the next episode. I really hope you enjoy our chat. In the back row with Bobby this episode is Hayley. Hello, Hayley. Hello. You've actually very briefly been introduced on the podcast before. Have you listened to the other episodes? My whole two other episodes. I have. I feel quite infamous, to be honest. Thank you you so much. I know. Me and episode you're already a star darling I know I'm the I'm the infamous one you've all heard about (laughs) (laughs) the hostess with the mostest the uh I mean it was my main reason for listening yeah how is the booch going really well actually yeah I'm loving it and it's so easy it is right it's not just easy for Haley's it's easy for Bob's too yeah it's just an easy thing it's just brewing tea and sugar yeah yeah you stick it it in a cupboard yeah exactly make sure it doesn't get eaten by flies that's all you do yeah man I mean yeah I've also got I've got a sourdough starter on the go at the moment as well which I'm quite liking so every like it's a similar sort of concept in that I love it because it freaks Gilly, my husband, out completely because I'm always like growing some kind of yeast in the kitchen or <laughs> some kind of like live thing that doesn't. I can't keep a plant alive, but I can keep things that make things delicious. Yeah, alive. nice. <laughs> yeah, and it's it is strange. It's like a pot of this like bubbling dough that sits on the side, and um, you feed it every ten days or no seven days, something like that. What do you feed it? Sugar. Sugar and flour and milk. Ah. But I use I use oat milk. Wow. But that's fine. Any any milk will do. And then after 10 days you can you can bake with it and then you leave a little bit aside and then you grow it again and then you bake it. Or you can share it. The idea is you're supposed to share it, but I end up just doing loads of baking with it. Lockdown and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not anymore, but I, I mean, still basically, yeah. Basically yeah, I don't see lockdown. anyone. And when I do see people now, I'm like, is this okay? This feels so weird. And how do I talk yeah. to people now? Yeah, and I get a little nervous in crowds now, and I've never, ever been like that. So yeah, it's a strange thing. Even the people that I know, if like the other day, Gilly's nan came over, and then also a cousin came over, and I had this weird thing of like, oh my God, can we be in a room together? And like, we can be in a room if we social distance. It's, it's fine. Right. But for some reason in my head, I was just like, I think I've just become conditioned to want to not be around people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. I even find when I'm watching films, you know, like if you watch films from the 90s and people are smoking in a pub, you're like, wait a minute, 
Mm. You're allowed to smoke in pubs. I'm like that now with social distancing in films. People go and sit yeah. next to each other. I'm like, whoa, guys. <laughs> yeah. Or like, um, so I follow like a couple of wedding blogs and things like that. And they'll post weddings. And I'm like, that's not social distance wedding. Yeah. It'll be from six. How many six, people are at that wedding ago. reception? Oh, my God. Yeah. How do we know each other? So, oh, so I saw yesterday on Elle's Facebook that it was Rich and Elle's, our mutual friends, wedding anniversary, 10 oh. years. And I think... 10 years, a decade yeah. since Vegas. So I think we've been good friends for about 10 years. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because that's when we started, like, properly talking yeah. just us and hanging out just us. Yeah, I think we moved Vegas back from Brighton in, like, 2010, 2011, right? Yeah, that's um, right, yeah. Yeah, and that's when we got to know each other and then there was the wedding in Vegas and we knew each other kind of, I think, through my then boyfriend now husband's so like 15 years ago we had the same social circle because I've yeah. been with I've been with Gilly for 15 years now so I think we and I think knew we each used other. to go to the same pubs and clubs as well but we just never like hmm. never really hung out did we I don't we didn't no. really know each other from them there's a picture of you on Facebook from well well long ago in an alternative club and I'm like in the background smoking a cigarette indoors. In a really? Pub. Yeah, yeah. I'm just in the background of it. <laughs> and I think I'm about 17 in it. So yeah, I think we we were sort of sliding doors for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And then, yeah. And then um, I guess yeah, we got close 10 years ago. And then I was working at Turner at the time. Where I got you your job at Turner. Yes, you and did. And then introduced you to your baby daddy, who also worked at Turner. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the rest is history. Obviously, part of your relationship with film was working at Turner. And before that, you worked in production, didn't you? Mm, for a couple of years, I did. Not that long. I worked at, in, I've worked in broadcasting much longer than I worked in production it was so hard yeah it's really full-on isn't it I didn't drive at the time that seemed to be like a, a top thing that they really needed people to do and yeah it just wasn't my it wasn't what I thought it would be it's like think it's, going to get lunches that yeah. is, that's the main job go and yeah. get these lunches absolutely <laughs> and so my, my my first ever production job was at Love Productions who made the first series of the Great British Bake Off Oh, yeah. And my first ever job was, um, so they were doing the research and the development for the first season of that at the time. And uh, I just had to go and buy, in central London, in Holborn, I had to buy an absolute mountain of like pots and pans. <laughs> and I had to carry them by hand because I couldn't drive with like a little dolly cart all the way through central London. Oh, my and God. The, uh, so that, that's TV. That's what yeah. TV is. That's it. That's true. <laughs> I think I made a mental decision around that time of like, this this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I went to uni for this. <laughs> right. Did you you did film at uni, right? Is that right? Yeah. So I studied I studied film studies at college and media at college. And then I went on to uni and did general media, but with some sort of journalism elements and some film study elements and a bit of philosophy for some reason. And then after that I did a little bit of 
short filmmaking for myself for a while. Um, yeah. Not in any serious way. I did a few 48-hour film competitions. Didn't You oh. got shortlisted for one, though, didn't you? I did. I came third for the Sci-Fi London one. Um, that was the first one. No, the second one that we did. The first one was an absolute disaster. So we learned from that the next year, and we made something pretty good. And then I didn't do any more after that because I started working full on at Cartoon Network then. And I just couldn't get the equipment that I needed that I could when I was working in the production companies. Yeah, yeah. So it all just sort of fizzled out and I just became like a worker bee working for the man, Cartoon Mm -hmm. Network. And then after that, I worked to, well, I got made, I took an, uh, what they call a voluntary redundancy. Yeah. Nice way of saying they paid me off to leave and then but they paid lots of people it wasn't just me they gave me a lot of money as well more money than I would ever have seen working for maybe 10 years so it was kind of a no-brainer to move on I'd been there for six years and I got um, a mortgage like I paid the deposit on our first house with that so that was good nice and then yeah and then I went to Discovery Channel for a bit Universal Studios for a bit that was good a few others American broadcasting networks and things like that and I packed it all in and became a teacher but teaching film right yeah so a couple of years ago I decided to stop commuting because it was I was doing like a seven till seven day and I just wasn't spending any time at home and it was it was just not the work-life balance that I wanted so I got a job as a lecturer at my local college so now I teach media and that includes a lot of filmmaking and film studies which I absolutely love. And I actually teach it at the college that I originally studied it. So it was kind of a full circle thing. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's weird um, knowing that the students that I'm teaching were sort of, it gives me a lot of empathy for them because I can see, I literally teach in the classes that I used to sit in as a 16-year-old. Ah, amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's a nice little aspirational story for them as well because I can go, oh, yeah, I worked in television for 10 years and now I've come here. And But I, I used to be one of you. Yeah, That's my little yeah. spiel at the beginning. It's like my the little thing that I sort of do at the beginning of every year. <laughs> I think that's cool, actually, because a lot of people – like people are quite critical of things like media, film studies as qualifications. You know, Absolutely. they see it as a, it to be, it is a soft skill. It's yeah. a soft skill. But then it, that doesn't mean that it won't lead to anything. Yeah, a lot of I do get quite a lot. So whenever we have like open days and things like that, I get quite a lot of parents, dubious uh, parents, saying. Well, they really want to study media, but can you tell me what jobs they can get? What will they do afterwards? You know, it's between this and and A-levels. They really want to go into filmmaking or they want to go into uh, script writing and things like that. Because you know what 16-year-olds are like. They want to be the next Spielberg or... (laughs) For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They've got all these dreams and hopes. And uh, it's it's lovely. I love the way you say that. (laughs) I've got all these dreams and hopes. Silly billies. (laughs) you know what some of the students that I've taught in the last couple of years have gone on to be like super successful one of them got to go to Cannes last year (sighs) and be like a little uh production researcher and shooter for for the Cannes Film Festival that's so uh, so cool yeah so there is things that you can uh, yeah and it's nice to be able to say to the parents well these are the industries that they can go into 
Um, it's not just something that you can do as a stop mark between having to like go get a job or an apprenticeship. Right. So. This next question is to kind of gauge what sort of mood you're in today before we critique the film. So if you could rewatch any film right now, which film would you choose? So when I was thinking about my relationship to film, I was thinking a lot about um, sort of my childhood and how I was raised and what sort of films we used to watch when I was a child and things like that. And my mum was absolutely obsessed with sort of like action movies and Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And this Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Fueled my own lifelong obsession with Arnold Schwarzenegger, as you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of Schwarzenegger movies loads and loads of times. Like my favourite is probably a wild card, Kindergarten Cop. Uh, I love it. Who yeah. is your daddy and what does he do? It's not a Duma. <laughs> it's such a classic. And do you know, Emma hadn't seen it, so we recently watched it. No way. That's such I, an Emma film. I know, I'm really right? I know. And it's like one of my all time favorite movies. So she'd obviously been keeping that quiet from me because <laughs> I was fuming, absolutely fuming. So we watched it recently. And it, you know what? It holds up as well, which was okay. great. But I'll have to rewatch it. It's on Netflix right now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Loads of his movies have just been out. Well, not just, but I think they're all on there. I think all the Terminator movies are on there, aren't they? Because that's what I was going to say. The ones I want to rewatch are the first and the second, the, the good Terminators, yeah. basically. I don't think the second one is on there because I looked for it the other uh, last month and it wasn't on there. Maybe it's been added. I don't know because I really want to watch the second one. I love the second one. I watched it quite a lot as a kid because I had a really huge crush on um, Edward Furlong. Oh, yeah, he was so hot. Like 90s curtains. Loved it, loved it. He's like squinty as well, but kind of in like a a hot, like, I'm not really listening to you kind of way. (laughs) Man, Edward Furlong. Yeah, he was one of my early crushes. I looked him up recently yeah. as well because I was thinking about this question and I looked up Edward Furlong and, oh, man, that, that went downhill real fast. Oh, I saw him in, in a few of his later films and, yeah, he just, he kind of didn't grow anymore, did he? he no, kind of stayed he at the same the height. Same. Yeah, he just got doughy. Yeah. Doughy. And oh, what is head. kind of, he looked really tired as a child, didn't he? Do you remember he used to look quite tired all the time? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, which I found endearing at the time, but now as an adult, it's oh, ten times worse. Looks right. so tired. Terminator one and two is what I would watch right now. Good call. I'd watch those with you. Yeah, we'll try and find T two. So uh, the film we're going to talk about today is Frozen two, and we watched this. Uh, this is available now on Disney Plus. It actually came out in cinemas in November last year 2019 and it was the third highest grossing film of last year and then it came on to Disney Plus on July the 3rd but Disney Plus we've only recently got Disney Plus because before that it was Disney Life and which was kind of a, like a tester that I think only the UK had from what I know and then Disney Plus came to the UK on March the 24th and replaced Disney Life so You've got Disney Plus. What do you think about Disney Plus? Well, I bought it. 
Yeah. I mean, I bought the year-long thing for the promotional discount price that they had at the time. I think it was something like £50 for the year. Yeah, I did the same thing. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good deal at the time. And I, I thought, to be fair, I feel like I was a little bit missold because I thought it was marketed to me that I was going to get Frozen 2 early on it. That if yep. you get if you buy this now, you're going to get Frozen 2. And you don't. So I was pretty mad about that. But it did have Toy Story 4. And I didn't realize there was this new High School Musical series coming out. And that was excellent. Yeah, that was so, fun. That was yeah, it was good, good right? Yeah. You know I love those movies. I can't help myself. <laughs> I, I know they're terrible. But this series was genuinely good, I thought. Yeah, I liked it. And that was only available on Disney Plus, I think, wasn't it? Like, it's not going on the Disney channels at all. Yeah, no, it was an exclusive. And then, so with the content, I don't keep my DVDs out. They're all up in the loft. And I thought it would be a good way to watch the old movies on it too. Yeah. The problem I'm finding is that I just don't really use it. Netflix has been bombarding me with this, like, really amazing content for months and months now and when it's not something I'm watching on Netflix like I've got a long list of Netflix stuff that I haven't got through then I'm going to iPlayer or I'm going to Prime I get so little TV time nowadays as well with the baby that maybe a couple of hours an evening if I'm lucky and I tend I find that Disney is like fourth on my list of places to go to watch things and my daughter isn't really old enough to appreciate it yet so pretty much just like the ones about she pretty much just likes this one tv show it's called molang i don't know if you've heard of it no I it's about this uh, it's about this like fat little french rabbit uh and she just watches the 52 episodes on repeat and, and that's basically all she wants to do if she's watching tv so yeah i'm not really getting a lot of use out of it i also don't like star wars no, I know it's controversial. I just, I I'm not fussed by Star Wars either. And I, I know it has lots of things that I should like because I'm a big sci-fi nerd, but I just never cared. Well, I'll yes, I will get stuck into this. Okay, Star Wars, <laughs> in my opinion, is not sci-fi. Okay, ah. because it has nothing to do with science. It's not ah. based on Earth. Earth's not in it at all. It's set. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So it's not like, it's not a future thing. It's fantasy adventure, in my opinion, and not science fiction. That is fair enough. I think that I see anything that's not set on Earth as science fiction automatically, because I'm like, space, space is science, but that's obviously really remedial of me. So I think you're right. I'll get some backlash from that. But that's what I think. (laughs) I think you make an excellent point. But, you know, I'm not. But then we're two people that don't care about Star Wars discussing it. So I'm (laughs) sure that if someone that does care about Star Wars is listening to this, they're absolutely livid. Fuming, fuming. Never going to listen to this podcast again. I'll lose one of my 10 audience members. I don't know what I'll do. Oh, no. Well, I'm one of them, so you'll, you'll, you'll still have me. Oh, yeah, that's Ma- true. Mainly because I want to listen to myself be mentioned every episode, because <laughs> that's that's a promise to you. That's something I'm hoping you'll have in every episode. Now. Yeah, I'll have to keep doing Have like that. a regular spot. Yeah. What's Hayley yeah. baking? So, obviously, this is the sequel that we're going to mm. discuss, Frozen 2. So, the first Frozen, which came out in 2013, was a huge 
success. What did you think of the first Frozen? Oh, absolutely loved it. Did you? I think, yeah, I think there was a good reason why it's still a firm favourite with little girls today. I think it's, an app, in terms of Disney princess movies, I think it's a classic. Ah, oh, interesting. It's, yeah, it's not my personal favourite. What is it's, your personal favourite? Oh, I love Mulan. Oh, yeah. Mulan is one of my favourite movies of all time. It's she so saves good. all of China. All of I China. Constantly. All of China. What a girl. Yeah, and I was on Mulan. <laughs> yeah, Mulan. Um, it's a shame we couldn't go and see the remake on your birthday. I know. And that hasn't come on to Disney Plus yet. I just figured it was going to be, maybe because the cinemas are open here, they they still think that they might be able to release it at some point as a yeah, cinema I think, thing. I, I think that is what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe it'll be Christmas, I guess. Probably. I was really looking forward to it. Because when I went, I did go to the cinema the other day with my mum. Did they, you? They, yeah. I went to the Everyman Cinema um, oh, for her birthday. Treat. What did you see? We saw Jojo Rabbit. Oh, amazing film. I loved it. My mum was not the biggest fan. <laughs> no? Saying, I don't think it's her kind of humour. She doesn't really do, like, wacky. She... <laughs> She just kept being like, this is weird. Why is, <laughs> why is Hitler so funny? I don't understand. And now he's jumping out a window. What's going on? Is she that really... actually Hitler? No, she did not understand the nuance. Oh. <laughs> I think. Um, but she she did come out of it going, it's so sad for the little children, isn't it? Yeah, but it, I mean, overriding is, genre is comedy. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I had anyway. a big old cry when I saw it at the cinema, though. Big cry. Yeah. Uh, big anything cry. with kids in it now, I am broken. Yeah, me Absolutely too. Absolutely broken. Honestly, I can't even watch adverts <laughs> without getting a bit. <laughs> I mean, not just any odd advert. <laughs> the ones with children in and things, you know, like the tearjerker ones about charities and... Yeah. Or John Lewis. Uh, John Lewis set me off this year as well. Oh, John just, Lewis can uh, do one. They're, I know. It's too much. Calm down, John Lewis. <laughs> So yeah, I saw, I was, it was a shame we couldn't see Mulan at the cinema. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully when it's, when it is released, I was going to say re-released, but that's not, that's not it. When it is released, then we'll be able to go go, go and see it. Would you rather see it at the cinema or would you rather see it on Disney Plus? I'd rather see it at the cinema because I think that the battle scenes are going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And to yeah. have like a really good sound system as well. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'd rather see it at the cinema. But then if it comes on Disney Plus, then, you know, I'll watch it on there. For, yeah, for and you know, at least you'll feel like you've had value for money from Disney Plus then. Yeah, yeah. Which at Although the moment, has, not so much. Yeah, I think at the beginning I had a lot of time scrolling through and seeing what was on there. Um, made, a, made a list. It's also, are you finding yours is a bit glitchy or it might be just be my TV, but sometimes I find it takes quite a long time to load or it will load those of like grey squares. Oh, I don't get the grey squares. It is it is slow to load sometimes and sometimes it will decide it's lost the internet halfway into a film. Mm, that happens to me a lot though. That's, that's just my internet. Such a pain. Yeah, internet. Is everyone using it at the moment apparently, but... Yeah, apparently they've, um, like, slowed the speeds so they can service everyone better. So no one gets high speeds, but everyone gets internet. That's mm. the idea, supposedly. Sounds like communism to me. 
right? (laughs) (laughs) And just, you know, for the record, just because this is being recorded, I have no strong political views on communism or anything else. Me either. just saying just saying <laughs> oh dear um so back to back to the film so the original frozen what would you give that out of 10 the original frozen i would give it maybe an eight okay that is fine yeah uh, you seem you know shocked <laughs> i didn't like it that much Mm. I quite liked the songs, like, but I thought they were okay. I didn't think they were great. And then my friend Jo, she watched it with her son, and she said, mm, you know, she said she didn't really enjoy it either, but asked her son what he thought of it, and he said, oh, mummy, the songs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, the kids must have enjoyed the songs. And then I feel, I wonder if, that is the case with this new one. I liked this even less than the original because, as we'll talk about in a minute, I found the story like hella confusing. Mm. And then the songs, I wonder if maybe they're going to catch kids' imaginations, but they didn't catch my imagination. Mm. So, what yeah. rating would you give Frozen 2? Mm, well, I agree with you about Frozen 2. I was hella disappointed um I stand by my comments on Frozen 1 I think it's amazing mm-hmm. but Frozen 2 I give it a firm free I think yeah yeah out of, t- out of 10 I think I'm with you uh I've written down a three and a half out of 10 but yeah three mm-hmm. three and a half yeah I'm there were things that I liked about it but I was just so overwhelmingly disappointed compared to the first one so the synopsis on Disney Plus is that Elsa journeys into the unknown to uncover truths about the past. Right. So it's got obviously it's got the same characters in and the same voice cast as the first Frozen. And mm-hmm. then additional characters are introduced. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Arguably. <laughs> Loosely, vaguely introduced. <laughs> So I've got no problem with the cast. I think they're all great. I think they're all perfect for the character. I think they all hold their own. Great singing voices as well. Brilliant. But yeah, the main problem I have with this film is the story. Mm. So what happens? (laughs) I've watched it three times now. (laughs) I don't know what happens. I think... There are there are holes, so I think we could probably work out together. It's it's a good question. Yeah, there was a lot of ideas going on, weren't there? Especially right. compared to like the first one, which if you think about the story of the first one, it's so simple. Yeah. Almost if if the first one has has any flaws, in my opinion, I know you'll disagree, but it's if anything, it was too simple in a way. Yeah. And yeah. this one suffers from the complete opposite of that, and that there's so much history bundled in there and um, all of this history that they put in just drives a really messy yeah like convoluted plot right it's like um, Israel and Palestine or something like <laughs> you have to have like known that. so much history to be able to even slightly understand what is happening yeah in this in this like moment in time in this film and 
you know, coming clean. I don't know all the history of Israel and Palestine. I know it's very complicated and mm. all sorts. And I feel the same way. Like I know a bit more about Israel and Palestine than I know about Frozen 2 and it's a kids film. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was actually so, so complicated when you think about it. And they, they introduced that history in a way that was kind of bitty throughout the movie. So you were kind of trying to build this picture in your head as well as trying to follow what was actually happening at the time. <laughs> and I guess it doesn't matter as much to children, this sort of thing. But as adults watching it, we were like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to be honest, something that did annoy me as well is that I thought that when I watched the trailer and the way it was like marketed to me it was that I thought the whole point of the movie was that we were going to actually find out how Elsa got her powers mm-hmm. and I did we I I we think we did but I'm, I'm did. still actually not that sure so I only got this on the third time I watched it that, <laughs> oh that God, you poor thing. it is in there but yeah. it's a really small moment in the whole film and it's not expanded on and it's not well explained. No, because um, it was also hinted at a lot that something happened to her when she was a child. That was kind of the hint, that, like the impression I got from the first movie, that something yeah. happened when she was a baby or something. Um, and that I got something about, are we allowed to do spoilers um, in this well, one? or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Well, there's going to be some spoilers after after this moment here, okay? If you want to skip the spoilers, then maybe <laughs> skip ahead a little bit and we'll try and be spoiler-free after a few comments. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Be spoiler <laughs> Okay. So something about the earth, wind, fire and water elements and she was sort of the fifth element. Exactly, then, yeah. Why yeah. was she? It's like, okay, so she's the fifth element. By the way, you're copying the amazing film, The Fifth Element. Right. Um, and not very well. <laughs> not very well, because that is an incredible movie. And it's like, so you're, okay, so you're The Fifth Element. For why? Why? Yeah. Why? Is that explained? No, it's not. It's, no. I did well, is it? I don't think so. Well, I get that <laughs> that's what she is, but that's not a reason as to why she is. Right. It's just another what. It's not a why. And it doesn't... It really, it doesn't come to anything, you know? Uh, yeah, it doesn't like, come to anything. You know, she has a slight story arc. and She ends that up being marginally happier, I think. Like, yeah. she's slightly happier than she was at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I think that's true. But then the, yeah, her being the fifth element uh, doesn't, no, it doesn't come to anything. It's not for anything. It doesn't fit in in no. any in any significant way and it's a huge idea that I think was not it was one of a few huge ideas that they introduced as well as all of the history of Arendelle um they they introduced this idea that she was this fifth element and they just didn't really balance those two things well at all it was just like this is what's happening she is this there's some stuff about forest tribes and a magic forest and there's a plot twist about the parents and which I thought was going to be one thing, but turned out to be something that was again, confusing and underwhelming. Really underwhelming. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so she has this massive storyline. There's also subplots going on with Christoph and Anna 
um, yeah. that they they started, which was a terrible subplot, but that died on its butt halfway through as well. It and just uh, again, it was just kind of weak. Yeah, it was such an overdone trope as well, like. Yeah trying to propose to someone and failing multiple times how many times have we seen that right so I mean the only good thing trophy. that came out of that was Christoph's song because it's like a kind of like a boy band song which I yeah. enjoyed it was fun but then do you think that if you had heard the song without the visuals because the visuals to me all indicated that it was a boy band cheesy number yes if I had taken that you know away from it I don't think I would have liked the song as much. I kind of enjoyed what I was looking at more than what I was listening to. Yeah, I think that's fair. The whole thing with the songs as well was I felt like they were taking the formula from the first one and just copying and pasting it into the second one. Mm, yeah, so it's like this song goes here, this song goes here. Like it's all exactly the same. The same people sing in the same order. They kind of have songs that are about similar things. Um, yeah. And then the only song that's different is Christoph's one in the in well, the middle. Yeah, well, every song, if you think about it, is exact is about the exact same thing. I have a moment of self doubt, and now I'm realizing what I need to do. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's summary true. of every single song in that in that movie. <laughs> yeah, there was something right. I did like about the story, though. In fairness, like I think it started really well. So when we sat down to watch it, me and Emma watched it together, and we sat down. Uh, well I don't know it was socially distancing so we were texting mm-hmm. and when it started I was really excited about the beginning of the movie with the flashback when they were kids and the yeah. mother and the daughter bit and the mother was like cuddling them and singing to them and um, I don't really remember what the song sounded like I'll be fair but I really thought this is a nice moment this is cute I like where this is going and then it kind of all went downhill so I think it started well and then everything got super confusing when it went to sort of present day time it was like um, it could have been two or three movies with the amount of stuff they packed in, I think. And there was just no need for it at all. Everyone would have been super happy with just maybe just the idea of the fifth the fifth elements and, and that was it. Yeah. Rather yeah. than the whole like parent background and the plot twists. And yeah, I don't think a, a lot of it seemed unnecessary. I guess you need to know about the history in order to... Now I'm confusing myself. I don't know that you do, though. I think it's an allegory for the invasion of America, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've got, like, like I've written down in, uh, what are they called? I'm doing doing the finger things in quotation marks. (laughs) (laughs) In quotation marks. You've got, like, the noble savage and then these, you know, invading forces and then yeah. can they live together and are they being nice or not being nice to each other? You know, it's mm. that. So, which I maybe they were trying to do that so that children would understand the history of America, possibly. Yeah, they were being very purposefully PC about it, though, weren't they? Which I think took away overall from this story. Like they made a very conscious effort to make sure there was a big variety of characters and representation in both sides and I think that yeah whilst that is really important I think that I just didn't really understand what their point was no I I I didn't didn't either no they don't make a point with it no they did not 
And we've already got Pocahontas, Frozen 2. It doesn't add anything to that. It doesn't improve mm. on that story, I don't think. Well, it's a very diluted version, I think. It's only really ever touched upon in a very surface level way. Like, it's a very story-driven film. It's Loads not character-driven. It's no. not character-driven. They introduce quite a few new characters that are just sort of there as plot devices to further move this story along. It's all very unsatisfying in that way. Yeah. Like, um, I couldn't tell you the names of any new characters. No, I couldn't. No. They're only briefly introduced, though, aren't they? And they introduce, yeah, they're, they are just to move the story along. And they, they introduce some, like, cute little creatures as well. Yeah. Which um, I did quite like one of them, the little fire salamander thing. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like that. But I have a massive, massive problem with Glitter Horse. Oh. It's, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I have such. It's probably my biggest issue with the entire movie is, can we please talk about this bloody spirit horse made of glitter? I think I found it so distressing. <laughs> it's supposed to be the spirit of the water. Like oh, there's this okay. infamous scene in the trailer where she's running across the ocean. Right. And um, it's all going pretty well. And then for some reason, there's this water spirit horse that turns up to fight her. And then they're <laughs> fighting. And then all of a sudden... They're not fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and she seems to like somehow inexplicably and very, very quickly tame this magical ghost horse. Like, what is going on? And then she's riding this glittery spirit horse across the ocean, which is course, of course is giving all the five-year-old girls watching this absolute joy that are living <laughs> for this moment. Uh, I'm, as an adult watching it, I'm sitting here like, this makes no sense. What is happening? Seething. I was, <laughs> once again, human. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere as well. I, I didn't understand. <laughs> Me neither, and I was just like, I was so I was, in my text to Emma. I was like, I'm confused about why the spirit horse was was being mean to her, and then wasn't. And I'm also confused as to why there was a spirit horse at all. <laughs> it just seems like a way to sell toys. Oh, if absolutely, I'm honest. it's going to be the toy of the year, isn't it? This glitter horse. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be top play of the year, and the second one is going to be the little plushie of the salmon. the lizard guy. Yeah, yeah, which was cute to be fair. <laughs> there was a a companion documentary series on Disney Plus called Into the Unknown: Making of Frozen Two. Did you watch yeah. any of it? No, I saw it, and I I thought it was like a documentary. Is it a documentary about how they made it? Yeah, but it's it's a series of episodes it's like at least six episodes and they're 40 minutes long each maybe we should watch it then because maybe they can explain to us what the hell has happened because we were doing this i thought oh i'll have a look i watched the first one i didn't go all the way through it was pretty boring (laughs) so it was at the end of 2018 so a year before they were first going to release it and they are on you know disney plot they've got like a rough edit of the film, uh, you know, where they still have like some bits that are just storyboard, they haven't finished animating it. And yeah, they, the animatics. Exactly. And they hold a screening for all of the other creatives on in the Disney studio. So the other writers, the other directors, the other editors, they all come in 
for a screening of Frozen 2 and then they can give their feedback. And after they'd all watched it, all of the feedback was, I don't understand the story. I feel like I need a degree in the history of Frozen to understand what's going on. And they got, so they got all this feedback from all these people and they didn't fix it. Maybe they did. Maybe it was even worse before. Oh my God, maybe it was. Mm, Because it wasn't like a long, long movie. So it did feel like things were cut out. So maybe what they did was they edited it really badly. Maybe. I'm, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a horse by committee sort of thing. Maybe it's a glitter horse by committee. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The perfect description for Frozen 2. A glitter yeah. horse by committee. I think you've yeah. got it. Thank you. <laughs> Do this with every film that we're talking about. We're going to talk about the Bechdel-Wallace test, which I think mm. is pretty easy with this. Is it? I think so. So yeah, I think so. The movie has to have at least two women in it. Yes. Mm. Anna and Elsa, at least. Very easy. Um, who talk to each other. Yes, they do. About something other than a man. Yeah. I think so. I, they talk to each other about each other a lot. And that's one of the few things that I did like about this movie, that it has this overriding theme of sort of sisterhood. Over, yeah. Even if they did try and put that tired plot in about the engagement with Kristoff... <laughs> That the main the main characters were talking about themselves to each other most of the time. Any romantic subplot was very much forced in there, to be honest, just to say maybe just to stay like consistent with the first film. Yeah, probably just to further Christoph and Anna's story. Yeah, I, I guess, guess it was kind of a reverse Bechdel in that way. It was very forced romantic yeah. subplot. I, I thought anyway, it's no, barely I, even I in agree. there, wasn't it? I felt well, very sorry for Christoph in this movie. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't get much of a story, did he? No, I, I thought it was such a shame. Around. Yeah, and then he just basically, yeah, he was just sort of there in this film, and I thought it was such a shame because he's such a funny character, and yeah. he didn't get nearly enough story or screen time. It just felt very much like an afterthought in this film, even to Anna, who was an afterthought in this movie, wasn't he? Absolutely, he could have just stayed home. And then we wouldn't have had as many hilarious reindeer moments, though, because the reindeer Sven was on point in this in this one. Um, and there are other reindeers in this one who, who yeah do some good there work. Was, there was more reindeer, and I appreciated that more <laughs> reindeer. But I could have done with much less snowman. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I find him so annoying. Is he supposed to be? I know he's supposed to be annoying, and that's the comedy. But I just find him. Straight annoying. But I think kids do love him. Yeah, they? kids love him. They do. I guess because maybe because kids just haven't seen as much. <laughs> With the first Frozen, at least, it made me realise how differently I watch a film to how kids watch a film. Because kids loved Elsa, right? Loved do you not Elsa. like Elsa? Well, I just think like... she's a bit meh. I guess yeah. she's just so emo. In the first that's one. The, oh, that's what I love about Elsa. That, and that's what Emma said as well. She said she didn't like Elsa. And I, I was like, I think she's, I just think it's great that she's all dour and gloomy. I think it's quite refreshing, to be honest, to have a female character in a, a she's a Disney princess. Yeah. I think it's nice to have a princess that's not relentlessly petty. It's been a little while since that happened. Yeah, that's true. They're not all relentlessly perky, but I just love like a troubled one. She was damaged, and I liked it. I, I just yeah, thought she I was more prefer, realistic. 
Anna, I guess for me, Anna gets more of the story. She kind of has more of an adventure going and trying to find her sister in the first one. Yeah, I think that in the first one, Anna was great. But in the second one, I really did not like her development at all. I think they turned this like really headstrong, determined, independent character into this needy and pretty much useless girl. I think she was represented as this neurotic crazy girlfriend as well and just really needy all around quite a lot of the movie is basically just Ella Elsa telling Anna no don't follow me and then Anna following me now yeah Yeah, and then then go okay you're you're really quite useless Anna please stop following me and Anna's like no I'm not going to do that (laughs) why are you there Anna you're being so annoying I do get what you're saying about Elsa, though. There was this one thing that Elsa did in the beginning that's probably one of my least favourite tropes of all time. It's the wandering off without telling anyone where you're going. Oh, I find that so irritating. Isn't it? Just tell one person. Like, it doesn't have to be anyone important. It could just be that guard standing right there. Right. Tell him, tell him that you're going. You're in a castle surrounded by staff. Tell someone where you're going. Tell someone where you're going. You don't have a phone. Be responsible. Right. Leave a note or something. Jeez. Yeah. Even I would even take like a clue. She yeah, leaves a clue. Yeah. You know? <laughs> she threw an arrow on the floor or something. Yeah. She just like a little icicle arrow. Or <laughs> yeah. She can make anything she wants from snow. Oh, anything. Yeah. And she just wanders off without a word. I get why she drives Anna mad. And I get why people don't like her for that one reason. (laughs) Just stop wondering ourselves. So think about this film with a future sight. Mm. So how do you think it will age? Do Do you think it will age well? Do you think it will be remembered even? Yeah, that's it. I think that in terms of aging, I think it's irrelevant. I think it's going to be forgotten. It's such a shame because it was it was so highly anticipated. I think this movie, like it was a really long time coming. Mm. They they released the trailer in February, so nine months. The February last year, I remember I was at work at the time. I got super excited. I watched the trailer three or four times, and it was nine months before actually came out in the cinemas and I remember the trailer was very dark and dramatic looking and I, I was I, I thought it was always going to be difficult to live up to the standard of the first one but this doesn't even come close I think they waited too long for it to be honest like it was something like six years wasn't it in between yeah that would have been slightly more forgivable if it was pushed out quickly like like second album syndrome you know but where they, they like rushed it out and it wasn't as good. But this is like, I waited six years for this? Maybe that's what? part of the problem. Maybe it's just been like so overworked. Yeah, yeah, that must, I mean, I'd like to think it was, I mean, that, they do have an excuse. Someone needs to answer for this. Right. Abomination. But yeah, that hard. would make sense. That would make sense. Do you know what though? So I had a look on Rotten Tomatoes before we talked today mm. do you, you know Rotten Tomatoes don't you yeah yeah so it's a people who don't know it's a review site and you get two scores um one is from critics and then the other one is from audience members uh so you get two percentage scores the critic score for Frozen 2 
was 77%. I thought, oh, mm. that's, that's pretty high. Mm. Uh, but then the audience score is 92%. Wow. You know what? I do know a mum with a four-year-old girl, and she, the mum and the girl, both loved it. She was really? saying that she, they listened to the soundtrack in the car. And, yeah, so maybe we're picky? I don't know. I just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand either. 77% is high. We've run to, what did IMDb say? Because I find IMDb is quite a good benchmark for what I normally think of something. 6.9 out of 10. Ugh, 6.9? What is everyone thinking? I don't know. I don't me and, know. <laughs> me and Emma were pretty much on the same page about it. I wonder I wonder if we're just not the audience anymore. I guess if that must like, be it. They're not marketing to women in their 30s anymore. <laughs> oh. Or maybe when we watched <laughs> the other ones, we were younger. I, I don't know. I don't feel like much has happened in the six years, to be honest, that would make, make me view a movie differently and alter my opinion on a movie. But So much as well. Like that's yeah. that's what gets me. That yeah, that's confusing. I'm so confused. Do you know I what the know. animation was excellent? It yes, looked, it was. Yeah, it looked stunning, didn't it? Like the bit where she, it, the bit of the dark, the I think she was in a cave or something like that, and there was all this magic going on. Yeah, I, I think that that was actually absolutely stunning. To be fair, so maybe they were literally dazzled by by all of the. It was very pretty. Maybe, and maybe people really like the, like, copy and paste of the song format. Maybe that really appeals to people. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I really, I really did not like the songs. I thought there was quite a lot of, like, incidental singing, sort of singing what was happening, and it yeah. kind of felt quite sudden high me, and I, I don't really like that style of thing. Like, the main either. big song, no, nah, it's not my thing, and... But, you know, that's very popular. Like, Into the Woods um, did really well in the oh, cinema, yeah, didn't it? yeah, that's true. So maybe it's just not our taste. I know that Into the Unknown, even in my opinion, I thought it was rubbish. It was quite one-dimensional. Into the um, Woods. Into the Unknown, no, the, the main song that's in. Oh, sorry, right, yeah. Yeah, but, no, it, but it did kind of sound like Into the Woods, in fairness. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I did? There was one song I really liked. Did you hear the end credit song was by Weezer? No, I didn't. They did like a cover of Christoph's song. And I would highly recommend looking that up on YouTube because they do like a spoofy music video too. It's it's hilarious. Okay, cool. All right. I love Weezer. Weezer are great. I definitely have a look at that. I love Weezer too. That's exciting. Yeah, it was really good. And they've got, um, what's her name? The lady that plays Anna, Kristen Bell. Yeah. uh, Yeah, she's in the video for the music video. Oh, cool. It's real fun. (laughs) Would you change your rating after we've had our discussion? Or are you sticking with a three? I'm sticking with a three. There were things that I like. I think I mentioned literally three things I like about it. That justifies the free, but overriding feeling of it was disappointed. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I'd reduce my 3.5 to a three and agree with you. 
Disappointing <laughs> movie. What's the next um, animated movie coming out, do you know? I don't know. Oh, well, they just did Onward, didn't they? Uh, I liked that. Did you see it? Yeah, I yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I've watched it a couple of times now. I didn't love, love, love it, but I did like it. I I really liked it, and I had a cry. <laughs> did, oh, yeah. Do you know what? Gilly had a cry. Oh. He's not going to like me saying that on there, but... It, he yeah he got real upset that bit. um there was a couple of bits in onward that made me feel like it was a bit lip servicey um like the the female representation in that I thought was a little bit over the top and a little bit labored like the right, women okay. warrior the we- women warrior representation that they were going for with the mums I appreciate that they were trying to make the mum and they were trying to make the other female character in it yeah I can't think of her name but I appreciate that's the one yeah I do appreciate they were trying to make them strong women but I thought it was a little bit literal like they Mm. made them physically strong (laughs) you know what I mean rather than just like I didn't feel like it was that empowering and I thought it was a little bit obvious in that way but I did overall enjoy it. I thought the acting was good. I thought it was really funny. And I thought the little characters in the world that they made was really cool. I think Disney at the moment do have a problem with their representation of women. I think they can't quite mm. get it right. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, you, you can see what they're trying to do. Mm. But it's, at the end of the day, it's laboured and it looks like an attempt at yeah, which is always the problem, isn't it? And it's the same thing with um, the way that they do representation in terms of race. I think as well is also yes. a problem. Yes, and um, that's something that I would say about Frozen too as well. It did seem a little bit like crowbarred in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is a shame. Yeah, shame. I think it it really lessens what they they were trying to do when they try so hard. Yeah, apparently everyone was calling onward frozen for boys that's a bit sexist yeah and I guess that's why they made everything blue though right because it was was for boys oh god have you noticed as well that often their films for boys in inverted commas don't have songs yeah I was yeah absolutely and I I do miss the songs I thought it was very funny I don't know. I don't know. Boys like songs too. Right. My son and loves songs. Yeah. And it's very much, I feel, that's why I didn't love, love, love this movie as well, is that I did miss the songs in it. I feel like it's very much the heart and soul of a Disney movie is that musical element. And I thought it was very funny and, and heartwarming, but yeah, they, they would have been so many good opportunities for a different kind of song in that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, there would have been. I can all I mean I can almost write the songs in my head right now for what who could have done what it wouldn't have been hard to do it but, I think it's um, a, yeah it's a real missed opportunity yeah shame. but I did think it was funny and I would definitely watch it again me too frozen for boys frozen for boys oh that makes me really angry sorry that makes yeah. me really cross frozen no. is for boys yeah I know, right? girls yep good Absolutely. grief it doesn't need to just be blue or have music if it's a girl's thing. Yeah, that's it. I'm finding this as I shop for my daughter's first birthday presents as well, is that yeah. there are so many things that are... If I if I was to Google um, toys for one-year-old 
I'd get loads and loads of cool stuff. If I was to put toys for a one-year-old girl, yeah, I'm bombarded with baby dolls, and yeah, toy kitchens, toy kitchens, and little fake prams. Yeah, um, yeah, it's infuriating. I, I got one of those little red and yellow cars for her birthday. Oh, awesome! Mm. Those are so cool. Yeah, but did you know that for an extra fifteen pound, you can get it in pink? Oh my god! Do you know what? Actually, I often end up buying the pink stuff because it it tends to get marked out in the sale. Oh, really? Yeah. So Dylan's got quite a lot of pink stuff because I'm not <laughs> going to pay more to get him the blue or the red one. He can just have the pink one. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I tend to buy Esme quite a lot of blue just because I feel like, um, I'll be honest, blue is her colour. Yeah, uh, cool. Yeah. Also, just sometimes things are cheaper in blue or sometimes it's cheaper in pink. I try not to think much about it, but it's it so just weird. irritates me. Yeah, the gendering thing is still a massive issue nowadays for children. Huge. Like, how many kids, like, we've got friends that have got older kids and um, for example, I know that Elle is always talking about stuff that Vinny has picked up at school and it's, they get it from the parents, you know, so it's not really an issue that's, it's, it's a generational thing that's still not quite gone away, I think. Hopefully a couple more generations. Yeah, hopefully. I've shouted at my dad out. about it. Yeah. <laughs> is that my niece was offering him, I, can't, I think it must have been a sticker or something, and she offered him a pink one. And he said, I don't want pink. I'm a boy. And I said, uh, all colours are for all people. <laughs> pink is for boys. <laughs> Did you run across the entire garden? <laughs> <laughs> all colours are for all people. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you run across the entire garden, just showering glitter everywhere? Yeah, that. <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the pissy fairy. <laughs> I love oh, it. I love it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for talking to me today, Haley. That's all right. It was a pleasure. Yeah. I feel very important. Oh, good. <laughs> well, you are very important. Uh, you know, yeah, I like to talk. That's why I became a lecturer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, on that, I'm sure I will have you on again talking about another movie. Oh, thanks. I'd love to. Thanks so much for listening to I'll Have a Film Please, Bob. Massive thanks go to my guest this week, Hayley. It was a fantastic chat. I actually had to cut it down quite a lot because we had so much to say. Creative thanks go to Elle, Jackie and John. And thank you very much to Sophie B Designs for my new logo. I hope you enjoyed it this week. Join me again next week.